the 100th episode of Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Welcome to the 100th episode of Baseball Money is Fake. 100 episodes. Uh, I mean, not even done and gone because we're still recording this one, but Mama, we made it. As always, it is Blake Meyer in the building. As always, with my man, Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing good. 100, and it feels so good. Cheers to that, Blake. It's been a, been a long ride and going to be on an even longer ride as we go for our, our next 100 and next 900. I'm, I'm excited for our 1,000th thousand, episode special when we're talking about all, all these good red prospects that are just going to keep calling them up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm doing good. MLB trade deadline is now officially in less than 24 hours. Got a few, not big trades today, but a few trades today. We can discuss that if we want. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, dude, I'm 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 down to talk everything today. Uh, me and Ryan came into this episode. I mean, obviously we're in the middle of the season, so we got to talk some baseball. But this is also kind of just like a celebratory episode, a little bit. Have some fun, shoot the shit about baseball. That stuff because we started this at the beginning of last September, and it was called the SGPN Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We kind of just threw the name on it because we weren't sure what we wanted to name it, but we wanted we knew we wanted to get going. So we started it with that, and we started with, man, those early episodes had like three listeners every every episode. Now we've uh, doubled all the way to six. Yeah. We've come a long way in 100. <laughs> now we are killing it. Uh, but, I mean, we've come a long way. We've had some cool, 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 cool guests on here. Gary Sheffield Jr., Mike Curlin from The Athletic, uh, Nick Pollock from Pitcher List a couple times, uh, Steven Sudger Jr., former major league player, Joe fan, Eric Cross from Rotoballer now, like just some big names in the fantasy baseball world. And um, we've been lucky enough to be on other people's podcasts as well, like going on uh, the sleeper in the bust with Justin yeah. Mason was probably one of my favorite memories that we've had so far in doing this. We've got to meet some really cool people along the way. And I mean, having a platform to talk baseball is amazing. Like I've written baseball for 10 years now. But being able to just talk baseball is such a cool feeling. And, and I'm glad you've been on this ride with me, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually have a, a breaking trade right now. Not not, not too big, but one of the one of the bigger bats on the market, uh, Jimer Candelario. And he uh guesses where he where he went. He was rumored to this team earlier, I saw. Uh it's gotta be Miami then. Oh no, it's uh the it's Chicago not? Cubs. Chicago Ooh. Cubs traded for uh, Candelario. No uh return as of yet, but Ken Rosenthal has reported that that's going to be an increase for his value. I would imagine he's been a uh, been pretty good so far this season for the Nationals. Going to a red hot Cubs team, uh, it's going to be good there. So yeah, uh, some breaking news for us. Yeah, he's been a really fun one to write about this year. I've written about it a couple times in waiver wire articles. I know on ESPN he's still available in a lot of leagues. On Yahoo, I think he's over the fifty percent threshold. So I kind of stopped writing about him. Forty eight right but, now. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been like a very under the radar producer, like solid amount of runs. Okay, RBI producer. I think he was hitting 280 last I checks. 16 home runs too. So like there's there's some upside there. I like him. 
yeah, some pop, which we like to see. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he does in Chicago. They have a really good lineup, much better lineup than they have in Washington. So, I mean, if he can keep hitting well with runners on base, he could continue that production and even I mean, up it a decent amount as well. Yeah, just looking at, at their recent lineups, uh, Nick Madrigal is our third baseman hitting ninth in their past uh, three lineups there. So I imagine Candelario will go there, maybe move up to – I mean, they have Christopher Morel hitting seven. He's He's been insane this year, too. That, that whole lineup has just been sneaky, mm-hmm. very sneaky good. Nico Horner, Suzuki, Happ, Bellinger, Swanson, Jan Gomes, Christopher Morel, Trey Mancini even. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a – a, Good change of scenery, I think, for Cantelario. I think so as well. And speaking of a change of scenery, it happened right before we got on the podcast, and it was like a whirlwind of all these things happening at the same time as me, my sweet, sweet Paul. Oh, we have a we have a breaking news: AJ Pollock trade. AJ Pollock and oh. fan Mark Mathias from the Seattle Mariners to. He's going to be joining your old friend Mitch Hanniger in uh, San Francisco. That's uh, Jeff 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 Bassett tweeting that one out right now. So we we got rid of AJ Pollock. You got rid of AJ Pollock. He's <sighs> been pretty bad, right? Oh God, it did. Oh, so bad, so bad. Does it say who we got in return? I missed that. Nothing yet. No, nothing yet. Or just I, say I, he's I, gone. I that's all the news he, we needed. He's gone. Yeah. That's... <laughs> AJ Pollock is <laughs> like the, the, next, please. the right-handed Andrew Benintendi. That would be the ultimate platoon. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, AJ Pollock was supposed to come in and platoon for Kelnick against lefties. And then Kelnick figured out how to hit lefties. So they let AJ Pollock DH and he was so bad. Like it was, I mean, he had, I think he had two games where he hit two home runs in the games, which was like, damn, that's pretty cool. He could do that. But then and the rest of it, it was like an auto out every time he was at the bat. He played terrible defense when they put him out there. He was just a black hole all around. And AJ Pollock, you're better at baseball than I ever will be in my entire life. You've had a very good year. I'm sure you're a great dude. I haven't got the chance to meet you. But you didn't work well in Seattle. So I'm not sad to see him go. But I am sad to see Paul Seawald go. It's bittersweet. Uh, Paulie needed a new place kind of to contend more for a title. Because the Mariners, as much as I hate to say it, we're not going to win the World Series this year or next year, probably. Uh, but or next year, see what the chance out next year already. Yeah, with as little as we spend, yeah. Kirby Gilbert but in return, Otani. we got Josh Rojas. Oh, you know what? Yeah, if Otani comes here, that's a wrap. We're getting Josh yeah, Rojas. I guess let, let's just um, continue the. Uh... Oh yeah, I mean. We could, we could, yeah, we could talk about you got Josh Rojas, but yeah, as uh, Santa also pointed out in the chat, Brewers got Mark Canna from the Mets for a pitching prospect, uh, Justin Jarvis. I don't think this really does much to his value. Maybe it raises it because it's a better team, shockingly, the Brewers and the Mets, and he might play more often. But but yeah, I, I don't think Canna has too much fantasy relevance outside of 15 teams or like NL only leagues. Yeah, I don't think so either. He has decent stat cast numbers, and I know Milwaukee is like a pretty beneficial um, home run park by uh, like ballpark factor. They're a decently above average, uh, but I, I don't think it's much of an upgrade for him over <laughs> over the Mets. Um, the Brewers do have a good young lineup, though, but I can't imagine him hitting in the heart of that lineup. So, 
Yeah, it doesn't do a whole lot for me moving the needle wise for his fantasy value uh, moving forward. Yeah, uh, and hope maybe we'll get some uh, baseball, some some fans baseball impacts of the, this trade deadline. We're, we're talking here this episode, obviously. We're talking to be live tomorrow, probably, possibly right this time again, right around the trade deadline ending at six p.m. Eastern time. So come around for that in the chat. We love you guys in the chat. There always always shouting you out. So uh, yeah, come come in live, get the questions. Make sure you subscribe to Baseball Money is Fake, our Substack, uh, fakebaseball.substack.com. We are on Twitter at Fake Baseball. We are on YouTube. We are on Instagram. We're on TikTok. So Facebook, we're all over. Uh, not quite on Threads or, or Blue Sky yet, but maybe soon, based on how things are going. Also, yeah, make sure you follow us over there and make sure you follow us. Uh, subscribe to all that good stuff for the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we are also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon. Uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard DGen. You can sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contents, contests, including the NFL win total contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free, uncensored show, highlighting the best stories from decades of being DJs. There's even a Discord channel just for patrons. The Sports Garden Podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free. Patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. SportsGarmPodcast.com slash Patreon. That's SportsGarmPodcast.com slash Patreon. Dude, I'm so excited we got AJ Pollock. <laughs> I keep looking for an update, like while you're doing the ad read, to see if I can see who we got back in return. Uh, still doesn't look like there's an update yet, but I mean, God, it, my the likelihood is just probably not even for a player. It's probably like for money or something. Just you'll get, you get like a you get like a, a prospect or something. I, I would like imagine. another 40th prospect or something. But like I'm yeah. I'm cool with it though. Uh, but uh, I mean. I, I still can't believe we're at 100 episodes. I said it a lot when we first started this. Uh, I was never a, I was never a podcast guy. I was never a talk on camera guy. I was never a talk, uh, like not being able to see me guy, just talking on the internet guy. It was never my thing. I've always been a writer, and I've loved it. And so jumping into this podcast thing was a big, let's see what happens moment for me, and. I mean, I keep shouting you out, Ryan, but shout out Ryan for giving me the push to get this started, uh, helping me get this damn thing started and just being along for the ride. Because if you hadn't pushed me to do this, I don't think we would have done it because uh, there was this was a long time. It, it was it was a coming. few months there. I, I was like, isn't there like a fantasy yeah. baseball podcast coming along? Like, like who's hosting <laughs> it? Like, like, what's going on with it? And then we were just like, Let, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And here we are. Uh, 100 episodes later. It's been, it's been a fantastic time. It should only continue to grow here. But yeah, you mentioned the Paul Seawald trade. He's probably going to be the new closer there for the Diamondbacks, I would imagine. Uh, it's probably going to be Munoz or Brash for the Mariners. We're going to have to wait and see there. Also did have another trade involving a closer. Uh, Jordan Hicks was traded from the Cardinals to the Blue Jays after Romano went on the IL. Uh, I think Hicks is going to be a good pickup for, for the short term, but I imagine Romano will be back before, you know, probably not much longer than the 10 days on the IL. So... Don't necessarily go out and trade for Hicks, but if he's available, run for a few weeks, go ahead. Uh, and on the Cardinal side of that, I, I guess I guess Gallegos and Jojo Romero until Helsley can return is what I'm reading here, but you could see Gallegos being traded as well. So the Cardinals maybe just aren't worth uh, getting at all. And then one more, the uh, White Sox traded away Kendall Graveman, who was closing for them. Um, I believe Santos is going to be the closer for the White Sox from, from here on out. I think he got other back-to-back 
saves or or, or something like that. Uh, let me see if I can pull up his game log real quick here. Yeah, Gregory Santos. He uh, got he pitched got the save against Cleveland on the twenty eighth. So, yeah, I think he's going to be the guy. Yeah, good closer update. I think he's going to be the guy too. And uh, I mean, I just want to go back to the Mariners one real quick because that's kind of my bread and butter right now. Uh, I obviously Munoz is probably right out of the gate the guy that a lot of people are, are going to key in on for saves. Uh, even Scott Service is probably going to key in on Munoz, uh, but I, I have my hesitation for the rest of the year of Munoz being the guy. Um, he had the spotlight put on him in the playoffs last year, rightfully so. I mean, who in the world knew that Seattle, a team that nobody ever watches, had to do that those 103 miles an hour and a slider that breaks all the way to Portland. He's got that fastball but slider you love. I, he does. He does have the fastball slider I love, and he's the guy that uses the slider a lot more than his fastball too. Like He has 103 mile an hour fastball that he throws 27% of the time, and he has a slider that has a 183 expected batting average. The only problem is he tends to be hittable more often than you would think somebody with crazy pitches is. And he gets in his head very quickly. He has a very limited amount of pitches that he can throw in a game before he starts to get tired. And when he gets tired, the control goes and then he gets very hittable, which obviously can be said for a lot of pitchers. But if it starts to get like kind of a long inning that he's out there, you're fucked. And brash for as lopsided as his ERA looks, uh, he has not only been the most unlikely pitcher in baseball, uh, his BABIP is literally the worst BABIP of any qualified relief pitcher in baseball. It's like 190 or something like that, 193. Um, when you look at his uh, strikeout rate is second in baseball. Uh, his uh, whip is uh, second in baseball for relievers. Um, his okay, because because I'm looking at his baseball savant page, like his K rate is 46 percentile. Like, how is it 46 percentile when he has what 70 strikeouts, 76 strikeouts, and 43 and a third? Like, how how is that not one of the best in the league? Yeah, his, his uh, K minus walk rate is second best. Uh, his strikeouts per nine is like 16 point something. He's literally second best in all of these to Felix Batista who is having a relief in MLB history. He's striking at like over 50% of the, the batters that he faces, which I don't think has been done ever or not in a very long time. Brash is second to that. So I think Brash gets more save opportunities for the rest of the season than Andres Munoz does. Munoz thrives in a setup role brash is kind of just happy to be here and strike people out. And I like a guy closing out games. that's just fucking happy to be here and down to just throw strikes. And he has the nastiest breaking ball in baseball. And I'm not even saying that like there's no bias in that statement. Like it's literally the nastiest breaking ball. Uh, he just struck somebody out the other way where the, the ball literally broke through the player's legs. I bounced before the plate and broke through the player's legs. Everybody saw what he did to Jose Ramirez when he struck him out and made him fall on his face on home plate. So target Matt Brash. I understand why Andres Munoz is going to be the popular name, but target Matt Brash because there's very, very sneaky value there. And he has such a low roster rate right now. Mm -hmm. 
Brash Brash is likely the the pickup in deeper leagues or pick or leagues where Munoz is probably gone, which he probably is. I think he's rostered in upwards of sixty percent of leagues. Wasn't Seawald like hurt at some point in the year too? So Munoz was getting saved anyway or something. Year, yeah. So yeah, I mean Munoz has, has has good numbers. People are going to see his ERA and stuff and and pick him up and remember the, the the big stuff from the playoffs and whatnot. But yeah, if you look at Brash, he's allowed seventeen earned runs this season. Ten of them came in his first twenty outings, sixteen and two thirds, on on May tenth. So after May tenth, May thirteenth to July thirtieth, he has made uh, thirty one appearances, twenty six and two thirds, seven earned runs, forty three strikeouts for a two point three six ERA, uh, ten holds, two and zero. Oh. So if you're in a holds league or a hold save league, I think Brash Brash's value definitely goes up because he's going to keep getting those holds anyway and might get those saves and yeah in deeper leagues where closers are picked up as soon as a trade is made like i'm assuming if you're listening to this not live munoz is going to be gone in your league so i think uh kirby is a great call out by you there for, for mm-hmm. deeper leagues to keep an eye on uh, another trade i mean we're not doing a full trade show like we're going to cover some other things as well but there's like one really interesting trade from today that i wanted to just ask you about uh, so the guardians traded aaron savali to Tampa Bay for Kyle Manzardo, which blows my mind because Kyle Manzardo is like the number 37 prospect in baseball, big time first baseman, a lot of power. Aaron Savali has been on a good run, but the interesting thing about Savali in his last two starts, his uh, velocity as a whole has been laughably down. I think two starts ago, his his average fastball was down like four miles an hour for the game or something like that. Like everything is down. I get that he's being effective. He has a disgusting curveball, which I think uh, Eno Saris is the person that does the stuff plus metrics. And I think uh, Savali has the number one curveball based on stuff plus in baseball, which is cool. But he's not an overpowering pitcher. He's not an innings eater. He's not really anything in your mind how does aaron savali equal a top prospect like kyle manzardo i actually love this trade for the rays this is this savali this is a very tampa bay rays trade savali is 28 years old uh he has two more rb years before becoming a ufa in 2026 so they have him through his prime i mean giving up a, a, a top prospect for that for him isn't might not be great but like the Rays have had their their in raise or injuries to their pitchers there. So so rally five and two, two point three four ERA this season. His uh doesn't get hit hard. His hard hit percentage is seventy-fourth percentile. Barrel rate given up is eighty-seventh percentile. He doesn't walk many guys, doesn't get many strikeouts, but that's what the Rays do. The Rays find pitchers that can throw strikes to get outs, and then they that's what they do. And he has a three point seven seven career ERA, kind of been, you know. Up and down a bit for for the for the Guardians every other year. His ERA has been below three, over four, below four, nearly five, and now under three. So he has what it takes. It's just finding that consistency. And Tampa Bay has something where they're just like, okay, go do your thing, and he'll he'll go out and be one of the best pitchers the rest of the way. I think if he's available, I'm not sure if he's widely available given his numbers, but I think you should possibly go pick him up. Yeah, I'm. 71% rostered, so he's not going to be available uh, very very often. Yeah, he's not really available, but one thing, uh, his next starts 
if I can get my phone to work here, uh, his next starts, he's lined up to go. Where did it just go? There we go. Uh, his next projected starts for Aaron Savale in Tampa Bay. I just said his name different for like the third time. Uh, he's at Detroit versus Cleveland, at San Francisco versus Colorado, and at Miami. That's a pretty beneficial, like that. That's in his favor. Favor for trades. Jesus Christ, that's in his could... favor. Favor for start. I can't talk. I'm not sure when he's scheduled to pitch, but they could pitch him Friday at Detroit, and then he'll miss Cleveland, who probably knows how to hit him, and he'll pitch against the mm-hmm. the Cardinals on Thursday, which is an even easier matchup, I, I think, especially if they even somehow better. trade Marinato yeah. or. Uh, or Goldschmidt, but I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, the Rays get the best out of their pitchers, and Savali is going to, I think, continue to to kill it down there. Uh, and then on the other end of that, Kyle Manzardo, uh, we mentioned he's the number thirty-seven prospect in baseball, first base guy. He's not going to play anywhere else because he's not great defensively, but he plays an okay first base, big time power bat. Uh, in the minor leagues, uh, in I shouldn't say big time, but he had 11 home runs in 73 games this year. I would like to preface this by saying, from a lot of what I've seen online today after the Manzardo trade, uh, guys like Chris Clegg uh, and our buddy Beck uh, were talking about how you have to kind of look at Manzardo's numbers for this year and not dive too deep into them because we talk a lot on this podcast about the mentals and how that can kind of really affect a player. Uh, I guess he has a lot of things going on outside of baseball. Um, Not to speak on somebody else's family issues, but um, apparently his mom needs, is like going through heart failure or something like that. And so like, obviously things like that are big on, on your mental for a game. And so, I feel bad even saying that out loud because if it's not true, then I feel bad. But I don't I don't think it's a lie. I think it's like true because I saw a few people talk about it. But like obviously, if your mom is going through something like that and she's on the transplant list, your your mind probably isn't fully on the game of baseball that you're playing. And so take his numbers this year in a nutshell. Last year in 30 games, uh, he had 15 extra base hits and 26 RBIs at the double A level, 17 home runs in 63 games at the or at the single a level strikes out almost as much as he walks which is pretty good like double digit walk rate at every level so he's got a good feel for the plate and i think he could play really well in 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 cleveland i saw that they're they've opened up trade availability for josh bell now uh and they Mm -hmm. plan for kyle manzardo to be the opening day starter in 2024 uh who knows if that means he'll be up if they trade josh bell this year he may still to stick in the minors for now, but there's value there next year for Manzardo. Cleveland is a decent place to hit in, and he's going to probably hit in the heart of that order, and they have guys that can get on base in front of him. So uh, Dynasty Leagues, I think Kyle Manzardo's uh, value just went up. And Savali, I do I do agree. I think Savali's value went up as well. Tampa Bay does wild things with pitchers and yeah. makes them really good. So they made Zach Eflin look like an ace, which if you could do that, Aaron Savali could be an ace. Hey. Philly's legend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, just just looking at at Menzardo's numbers, looking at looking at his stats and career trajectory. Last year, he primarily played a Class A advanced. He played sixty three games there, had seventeen home runs, hit three twenty nine, 
went up to double A, played 30 games, five home runs, hit 323. This year he started triple A. He, he had no triple A action last year. Trip, I think that the jump from double A to triple A possibly is not talked about enough because triple A is where like the the quad A players are, where like the the veterans that are trying to get it back, the the top prospects that are waiting for their chance. Like and, and on top of whatever else is, is happening mentally. Like he's he moved up two classes this year. They're letting him play through it. And it, it's a guy that you're not going to lose your hit tool. You're not going to lose your power tool. So a change of scenery might just be what he needs. It might be what he needs, you know, try to get it, get back on track. And yeah, I think he could be someone to watch going into next season or possibly a, a call up at next season, depending how he, uh, he pans out the rest of the season. Um, we're also brought to you by underdog fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner and underdog pick is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props. It's available in a ton of markets, plus plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contest. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Uh, mix up here, okay, go so, a little. Uh- on the injury front here, we had a surprising star player make it make his return today. I got the notification that he was being activated. I had I was able to activate him because I have so many injured guys on my team. Jazz Chisholm is back. I don't think he went underwent a rehab assignment or anything. He uh, was sidelined since July 12th with an oblique strain. Coming right back in, hitting cleanup tonight against the Phils. So uh, what do you think about, about Jazz? He has not lived up to your expectations so far. But uh, you think he can stay healthy at the very least the rest, rest of the life? Uh, I have a hard time believing he can stay healthy just because he hasn't really. I can't say that he hasn't lived up to my expectations. Oh, he, he, he did have he did, he, he, he did have a, a rehab rehab assignment. He went one for two with a double walk and stolen base for a single all star. Yeah. See, like uh, my whole thing is, I can't say he didn't live up to the hype only because it's because of injuries. So injuries have derailed his season. He hasn't necessarily been sucking. He played 45 games. He's got that was the risk runs, though. The risk was bases. the injuries. That, that was the risk. And it was kind of a, Hey, yeah. if, if you get him, understand the risk, but if he doesn't get hurt, he can play, be pretty fucking good. And to be fair, when he's played, he's been pretty fucking good. Like nine home runs in 45 games. That's not a bad season. That's the 30 plus home runs over the course yeah. of the season. So, that's what you hope for. And he stole 14 bases, which is more than he stole in all of 2022 last year. Uh, Miami is in contention, weirdly enough, after I think we had one of our first episodes was titled The Miami Marlins Are a Dumpster Fire. And now <laughs> here we are, and the Miami Marlins, 100 episodes later, are actually in playoff con- contention. Yeah. And they seem to be buyers, not sellers. And so I think they're going to let Jazz just go full just go full jazz. Bring the excitement. Mm-hmm. He's going to swing for the fences. He's going to try and steal every single time he's on base. Can, can he stay healthy? It's going to be the question. I'm going to bank on no. <laughs> but, I mean, while he's healthy, he's obviously worth a roster spot. He's very good. He has all the upside in the world, especially at a very weak uh, second base. He still has mm-hmm. second base eligibility. Yeah. And second has not been that great this year, so... He's very much worth the roster spot if he became available in your leagues. I know he became available in both of my home leagues, so I may have to to add him 
just to see how it goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how he does today. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt before you guys listen to this on the podcast feed. <laughs> yeah. And, and I forgot the Marlins, another, another closer update. They traded for David Robertson. So I imagine he's going to get the save opportunities down there. And then for the Mets, uh, left-hander Brooks Raley has been, has been gotten there to, uh, most recent saves for three on the year. Adam Adovino, uh, was got the last two outs of the eighth ahead of him. So uh, it could be a could be committee there. I mean, I can't don't know if the Mets are going to win many games to to warrant picking up either of those guys, but I I would kind of wait it out. I agree. It's Steven said getting on base to steal <laughs> is a challenge for Jazz. Touche. He does only have like a three hundred two on base percentage. He's in like two forty eight, but the kid doesn't walk at all. But. Uh, I love the closer talk. Yeah, I don't think the Mets are going to win a ton of bases. I think the Mets might be in sell mode. I think there's going to be another move or two to get made mm-hmm. by the Mets to sell somebody off. Fam's going to go. tomorrow again. Fam for sure. I think Verlander's for sure going to go also. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even even if you have Adovino, there's not. Like, I have him in TGFBI, and I'm not excited. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> after Robertson got traded. Like, there, I didn't have a moment where I was like, ooh, more saves. Because, no, nah, the Mets are not very good. Moving forward, and if you're not a good team, you don't save a lot of games. Just ask Trevor May in Oakland. You don't get very many save opportunities. Uh, but um, I did see that you just wrote a picture streaming article on sportsmanpodcast.com. I did, yes. Give me one out of your article that you like for the rest of this week for as a two-star pitcher. You know who I'm going to give you? I'm going to go back to make sure I included him in the article. Your favorite, Ben Lively. Uh, uh, I wrote in it, Ben Lively has quickly grown on me, especially as a streaming option. Um, Four and six, 3.76 ERA. He is starting on Tuesday against the Cubs. The other two guys in my article started uh, or starting tonight, so this one is is much more timely. Only 13% rostered. Tuesday at the Cubs, who are hot, but then Sunday against Washington, who's going to have who knows what we're going to have left there. Uh, yeah, he, he's been very good recently, allowing three runs or fewer in each of his last six starts. So I think Ben Lively is is a good deep league option. And uh, yeah, check out the article for the other two options. Yeah, you know I'm a big Lively fan. Uh, I've talked about him a ton. Uh, he has a disgusting slider, disgusting uh, curveball. His fastball kind of sucks, which is a problem when you're a major leaguer. But he has awesome breaking stuff, and when he can get those going in his starts, he ends up being a very good streaming option. Uh, I've streamed him five times this year. Four of them were successful. One of them was terrible. But that's that's what happens when you're streaming. We talk about that all the time, too. Uh, don't expect the world when you're streaming a pitcher. You've got to understand that what you're really trying to key in on is just go for – look for a quality start. Like try and find a guy that'll get you a quality start. And then if you get eight, nine strikeouts to go with that, cool. But six innings, three earned runs or less. That's what you look for. And Lively has the ability to do that. And he actually has a chance for wins as well because Cincinnati's a pretty damn good team and they're mm-hmm. winning a good amount of games right now. So even if he does give up four or five runs, which would suck, he could still get you the win because he can eat some innings as well. So I like I like that pull. Yeah, a few uh, quick injury updates here. Starters, Nestor Cortez is making his third rehab start on Wednesday. He'll likely be able to return Yankee rotation after that on the 7th or 8th. Uh, Brendan Woodruff, is his next start is coming on Tuesday. He's already made two starts at High A Wisconsin. He's going up to AAA Nashville. So he could be. this could be his last rehab start as well for both of those guys. 
Uh, Nathan Eovaldi was placed on the IL, but he's only supposed to miss the 15 days to August 11th. Um, I think that's all I got on the injury front. Oh, Jose Alvarado, Philly's potential closer, is doing some mound work. He could come back. Uh, second week is August, is looking like. Philly's closing situation. Phillies are are just a mess right now. I I, <laughs> I watched some of their games over the weekend. It's it's just it's just a complete mess. Their base running, Bryce Harper just running into outs, just little league shit. It's 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 garbage. But hopefully <laughs> hopefully Alvarado can come back. Hopefully they can trade for someone like Duvall or I'm hearing Tommy Pham could be could be a guy who I don't love. But but yeah, I, I but I did want to uh before I was gonna say speaking of the Cardinals, our our boy. Lars Nootbaar in Lars We Trust are brought up last show. Uh, since then, he had a two-home run game on the 28th on, on Friday after his one home run on Wednesday. So, yeah, Lars Nootbaar is heating up and uh, get on board if not already. Man, and we love ourselves and Lars around here. I still want to get merch that says in Lars We Trust on it. Maybe since we're 100 episodes in, maybe we can give him to put that in the merch store oh, for us. We me- haven't plugged the merch store in a while. We have merch, people. Uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. There's a merch section. Uh, slash store. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. You go to brands and then uh, I think baseball or maybe just brands under there. Got it. We oh, have look at all these hoodies, hoodies t shirts, these hats. Whew. We got everything, man. man. Looking fresh like my boy Catfish. Absolutely. Uh, and Steven, this might be my favorite comment of the day. Is <laughs> Nestor Cortez taking longer because his mustache requires his own rehab stint? Honestly, I think so. Uh, cause you got a push broom like that. You don't take the normal amount of time. That thing like takes some building up to get ready to go. So I think that might be what it is. Oh, that, that, that mustache is always ready to go. It's always ready to fire five, five strong innings for you. Yeah. Insano DM me because yeah. DM me. Uh, Solaire two run home run needed that. Uh, I think it was Anthony last game was talking or last episode that we recorded live was talking about, uh, Solaire was killing him. So Anthony, there you go, my man. Solaire Solaire. was just dropped in my, in my, in my main league. I was was looking to pick him up. He has not been hitting more recently, but I mean, he's a guy that can just go off for five home runs in a weekend. Hopefully not. Hopefully not this, this series against the Phillies though. (laughs) Hopefully not. Um, and then I want to highlight before we go, because, um, I, God, I feel like I say this a lot, but it's only because we do a lot of episodes, 100 to be exact. I do the weekly waiver wire article for Fantasy Pros, and it is Monday while we do this, so it is still early enough in the week. Uh, Mike Talkman, I think that's how you say his name. I hate not knowing, but it's it's wild for the Cubs. Uh, I, he is my favorite waiver wire pickup for the week. He's owned in a very low amount of leagues uh but it's not very often that you find a leadoff hitter for a good lineup uh readily available on the waiver wire uh in 17 games in july or since july 5th uh he's hitting 312 with nine extra base hits and 17 rbi he has a couple multi-hit games in the last 15 days or so he's not going to hit like a ton of home runs. So the power is limited, but he's a big doubles guy and he's got enough speed to leg out a triple here and there. He hits really well with people on base and he has very good base running ability, which helps when you're a leadoff hitter. So he gets on and he tends to score a good chunk of runs. So he gets overlooked a lot just because he's not a big name and the power is not there. Uh, This is a time of year when a lot of people kind of focus on who's going to hit me the most home runs for the rest of the year. So he can hit you. He can hit you 280, 285 for the rest of the year. 
score about a run a game most likely and he's very consistently hitting leadoff so i think he's somebody that you guys should be targeting moving forward outfield and dh eligibility um so, yeah just on, him on him he he is sitting here for, for the second straight game in the third game in, in four because he is platooned against the lefties um mm-hmm. looks like the cubs are going against max freed later this week on on friday so he probably be platooned then but saturday sunday looks good and then the rest, or Wednesday, they're going against Williamson, a lefty, and as well against uh, the Reds. So he should start, you know, four or five games this week. I'm not sure how Candelaria or any other trade deadline stuff will affect his uh, his playing time, but yeah, he's hot right now. He's hidden, and I imagine they'll keep that hot bat in the lineup. And yeah, I I, I just want to point out, Josh Chisholm uh, almost hit a home run, uh, grand roll double. Thanks, 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 chat. Appreciate that. Hell yeah. Uh, one more guy that I like, uh, former Mariners legend. I like to say that about anybody that played for Seattle for like a half a year. Uh, Carlos Santana got traded to Milwaukee. Again, we'll have an episode where we cover a lot of these guys that were traded, but he got traded to Milwaukee. Um, and even though by stat cast metrics, Milwaukee is a harder place to hit overall than uh, PNC Park. It is way more beneficial than PNC Park for home runs. Like PNC Park for home runs is like a 84, 100 being like league average. Uh, Milwaukee, I don't even like American Family Field, I think it's called. Um, it's like get 108. So considerably more beneficial. And then he, I mean, he just homered, I think it was yesterday. He hit a home run. So he doesn't av- offer a ton in the, the batting average department. But if you're looking for dingers, a switch hitting first baseman that is going to hit you a, a, hit you a chunk of home runs down the stretch. And again, widely available first base DH eligible. Uh, he's, he's somebody that you guys should try bad in third too. in that, in that lineup, he's bad in third, which we love to see. Yeah. I mean, that average is not there, but, but the dinger, the dingers. <laughs> and I, I think you're a bit biased because the Mariners trade for traded for him. And then he went on to hit 15 dingers in, in half a season. It was fucking beautiful. 192 average, 693 OPS, but 15 home runs. So that's all you need. Uh, Steven said, I'm hoping the Reds take that division. They're electric to watch. I agree because I have a decent bet on the Reds to win the division. <laughs> and so seeing them in first place, it just automatically makes me a Reds fan. I can't help but cheer them on because I like money. And I also like watching fun baseball. And Elliot the Cruz, Matt McClain, Christian Encarnacion, Strand, all those guys are so fun. Uh, I'm curious to see where Jonathan India winds up because he's been a hot name at the trade deadline. They're not trading him. He's hurt now. They're not trading him. I, I think they still might because they have to get something for him and they're about to run out of like, I mean, he's really good. So like, like I, I'm okay if he stays there, but too many teams want him even with the injury. They're not trading. Him. I think he gets moved. I, I they, so. they, they need pitching in the, the worst way more than they need Jonathan India at second base because if they're going to make a legitimate run to the playoffs this year they need somebody to go with Abbott Hunter Green's hurt uh Nicoladolo's yeah. hurt they'll be back at some point but I mean even that Green should be back sometime they've been out August, for months at this well. point Nicoladolo's supposed to be back sometime in August also but it, uh, who knows how good they'll be though because they were hit and miss yeah uh, I mean I guess for their entire career they've been hit and miss but then now they've missed like two and a half months coming back so We'll see how that goes. Andrew Abbott's been killing it. The dude's a strikeout machine, even though he throws like a 92-mile-an-hour fastball, which is odd. 
But we'd love to see it. Uh, he was an excellent waiver wire pickup for a lot of people at the beginning of the year. And could have Machado for India. True. Uh, Matthew in the chat. Good to see you, my man. You play in the coolest fantasy baseball league I have ever heard of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that's all I think I have for you guys. Uh, I just want to take a chance in this 100th episode to ask you guys, please uh, like and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and subscribe on the YouTube. We do a lot of stuff to try and grow as a podcast. And as much as I hate, like, I'm not saying I'm begging for likes and follows and all that, but that is like the number one thing that helps a podcast grow is uh, follows on podcast streams and subscribes on YouTube. Those go farther than anything else. So if you guys just take two seconds out of your day to hit that like, follow, subscribe button, whatever helps a ton. We're still charting all over the world, which I love to say, and I could say it on our hundredth episode, literally all over the world. We're showing up on baseball podcast charts and just podcast charts in general, which is pretty fucking cool. So yeah, I, I appreciate you guys coming to check us out in the live for today's episode. I love all of you that are listening to it in the podcast feeds. We will have plenty more episodes to come. And follow us on Twitter as well, or X. I, I don't, I don't know what to call it's it. Twitter it's Twitter until point, it dies. At, at fake, at fake baseball, and we're on YouTube at fake baseball money. Uh, where else? We're on yeah, fucking TikTok, TikTok, Instagram. We'll get, we'll get on Threads and Blue Sky eventually. I, I have a Blue Sky invite if you want. If we want to get on there, we'll, we'll say. And uh, yeah, make sure you get on our Substack, fakebaseball.substack.com. Yes. We have been slacking on that, I will admit, but uh, let us know what you want to see in the final few months of the season here. I'm going to try to do a, a daily or so uh, deep league streaming. I feel like those got those went over well. If there's a position ranking or anything you want us to discuss on the Substack or on the show, just let us know. We should probably be live tomorrow again around this time to discuss uh, mm-hmm. trade deadline stuff. So yeah, make sure you uh, yeah follow, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And yeah, as Blake was saying. Those five star rating and reviews and subscriptions and likes and everything go go a long way. They go longer than you think. So we do, we do do appreciate those. Yeah, and you guys can follow me on Twitter X, whatever the hell you want to call it at Balake B U H H L O C K A Y E. And you can follow me on Twitter at R Gilbert S O P. And we will catch you guys tomorrow. See ya.